I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to Psalm chapter 31, please. Or as you folks say, Pasalam. Pasalam. I actually think the Afrikaans is, is better there. Psalm, the, the English doesn't work on that. What happened to the P? We just, we just ignored it. It's the same thing for your knee. Right? Your knee. In, in Afrikaans, a knee. You actually, you actually do something with the K. Not in English. We just ignore it. <laughs> I hope it's okay if I leave my scarf on. Here dog is a lekker goat dog. Where? It's goat. It's goat. This, somebody said this goat from dog. I said, no, no, no. Here dog, this is belachlich. That's, that's a whole different level of goat. This is belachlich a goat. <laughs> Psalm 31. And we'll begin reading at verse number 11. Uh, 9, I'm sorry, verse 9, forgive me. Psalm 31, verse 9. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Does that seem to resonate with anybody this morning? Does, does that sound like something you would say? Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. You understand what that means? Day in and day out. <sighs> Not this again. David said, it's, that, that just is the description of my life. One big disappointment, frustration after another. He says, my life is spent with grief, my years with sign, my strength faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. You know, eventually the grief of your heart and the mistakes that you make and the sins that you're guilty of not only affects your spirit, but it affects your body. And your health begins to fail, but it started with something emotional or spiritual. Verse 11, I was a, re a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors, and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. So people that David thought were his cohorts, his friends, People that he was cordial with. They won't even come around anymore. This really gets to him. He says in verse number 12, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel. Well, it sounds like he's had a rough time, yeah? Now, if you've read 1 Samuel, if you've read 2 Samuel, then you're familiar with the life of David and you know for quite a, a stretch of time he was persecuted heavily by Saul and everywhere he went people he thought should be his friends ended up being enemies and not only was this affecting David spiritually physically eventually it got in between David's relationship with God eventually he says verse 14, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. He says in verse 15, my, 
My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servants. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against the righteous. Now David's doing what he ought to do. He's praying about it. He's leaving it all before the Lord. Verse 19, Oh, how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of man. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. He's saying, God, I know there's a special protected place where you'll put me while I'm going through this stuff. Blessed be the Lord, verse 21, for he hath showed me his marvelous kindness in a strong city. Now can you see David went full swing here. He went through having a horrible time of it, praying about it. God got him through it, gave him the victory. Do you see that in verse 21? You've shown me marvelous kindness. You know that God can do that for you, right? Now what I'd like to preach on starts in verse 22. For I said in my haste. Hostach. He's thinking back now. He's gone through the problem. God's given him the victory. And he said, while I was going through it, I made a mistake. I said something a little too quickly. For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. He said, God, while I was going through that, I was praying, and you didn't step in as quickly as I thought you should have, and I said you had forgotten me. I said that you were no longer looking over me. David had essentially quit because he thought God had quit on him. But he says at the end of the verse, Nevertheless, thou heardest the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. He finishes the psalm by saying, O love the Lord, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. And I'm going to take the thought from my sermon today from verse 22 and I'd like to preach to you for a few minutes this morning a sermon called, I Just Can't Quit. I just can't quit. Would you bow your heads with me and let's, let's pray. Father, please help us this morning. I am, I am positive, Lord, that there are people here today that have gone through a rough week or month or even years now, Lord, and maybe they feel as if you have quit on them. And I pray that today their heart might be strengthened. I pray that you, God, would intervene Lord, and help them to hang on and wait, wait for you to do that, that, give them that marvelous victory and that kindness that we've read about here this morning. Please help me to preach. Oh God, I need your help. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I, I, I hope that you'll all follow this. I think this is familiar to everyone. Um, 
It's a boxing term more than anything. Have you ever heard of throwing in the towel? Yeah. All right. So it, when, when a, a boxer is getting in a bad way, this is a, an official sports towel that I, I have, my Gatorade towel. So when, when you get in a bad way and uh, the, the man in the ring is getting pummeled, then what often happens is the people in his corner will throw in the towel. And as they do, that is a signal that the match is over. They are essentially quitting on the behalf of the fighter. In the fighter, he, it's hard for him to say, I quit because he has a fist in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> or he's been hit so hard, he doesn't know where he's at. So it's the responsibility of those outside to throw in the towel. And that basically says, we're done. I only discovered this recently, that throwing in the towel doesn't actually end the fight. I thought that it did, but it doesn't. There are instances in boxing history when you can throw in the towel and the referee can ignore the towel. Now, the, the instances are, are rare, far and few between, because usually by that point, it's pretty obvious to everyone the fight needs to stop. But there are a, a couple cases where the referee picked the, the, the towel up and threw it back and said, the fight goes on. Now, if you're the one getting pummeled, you're going to have a long conversation with that referee <laughs> afterwards. But just because you think the fight is over, just because you've technically quit. I want you to see in verse 22, David did. He said in his haste, I am cut off. He said, God, you, you don't care about me anymore. You're not looking at my situation. You're not watching over me. He said in verse 12, I am forgotten like a dead man. I'm a, I am a broken vessel. David, when you're a broken vessel, guys, a vessel that's broken, you throw it out. You're done. You've quit. That's where David had gotten. He'd quit. He'd, he'd quit. He threw in the towel. Now I'm going to need my towel back, Sean, if you don't mind. Can you get it up? Oh, wow. Easy, man. <laughs> calm, calm down. <laughs> it's not that kind of sermon. Eh? <laughs> Take your Bible. Let's come to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. What I'd like to do this morning is try to paint this picture for you. That your soul is in the ring going through the good fight. That the fight of, of that good fight of faith, right? It's, your soul is in there battling. And the Bible does tell us in 1 Peter chapter 2 that, that uh, the things of the world, they can war against the soul. So the soul's in there. It's, it's fighting the enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil. But you have some people in your corner. Now, now we all have three parts, right? So you, if your soul, which is the real you, is in the boxing ring going through it, 
you have two, two people in your corner. You have your flesh and you have your spirit. Now, guys, we all know this. This isn't new information. But when you go through trouble, it affects you emotionally. There's your spirit. And it affects you physically. That's your body, your flesh. And there are times that somebody can be so sick that the disease can be so troubling that even though their soul wants to keep going, the flesh throws in the towel. Sometimes you might be in good health, but because of something going on in your life, you get discouraged and frustrated and the emotional side says, I can't handle this anymore. And you want to throw in the towel. There are times when the flesh and spirit both get tired of it. And the soul's in there battling. And the fight seems hopeless. It seems like whatever the opponent is throwing at you, you can't block it anymore. You are defenseless. And in that case, even the soul turns to his corner and says, where's that towel? Throw it in now. There's no way out. I'm done. And that's when, if I can make Jesus the referee, whether it be your flesh, whether it be your spirit, whether it even be you, the soul, just laying down on the mat and saying, I'm done. This is where the referee would take that towel, pick it up and say, I know you think you're done. But there's still a little more fight left in you. And he would hand the towel back to the corner and say, now, keep on fighting. Now, you may look at that and say, now, Mr. Referee, I'm tired. I have gotten thumped and thumped and thumped. And do you you see the size of this guy beating me up? It's three on one, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And here me, just little old me trying to take it on. I can't do this. And the referee just puts the towel back in the corner and says, keep on fighting. You may think you're done. You're not done. In Luke chapter 22, we have a, we have a situation I'd like to point out with Simon Peter in, in verse 31. Luke 22 and verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now you know it's serious when he says it twice. It's an interesting study when you look through your Bible. Anytime God repeats the person's name, it's always serious. Abraham, Abraham, Moses, Moses, Mary, Mary. He does that with just a few people in the Bible, but this is one of them. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, I don't know about you, but if the Lord stood right in front of me and said, Hey, Mike, the devil's looking for you That would send chills up and down my spine. But Peter, because of the way Peter is made, bring it on. I like a good fight. Jesus says, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He says, Peter, you're about to have the fight of your life. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Because you're going to feel like quitting. And you might even throw in the towel, Peter. But I'm going to hand it back to you. Say, preacher, I want to quit. 
But here's the thing, you just can't. God's been too good. The referee's standing right there watching the match and you think he doesn't understand what's going on. You think that you've had enough, but you're not factoring in just how great his kindness and grace can be. He says, I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Look at there. When thou art what? Converted? Hadn't Peter already converted? You, do, let that sink in for a moment. Peter is a full-blown disciple. When Jesus says this to him, but Jesus knows, Peter, you're going to have a bad day. And you're going to give up. But then I'm not going to let you stay in that condition. I'm not going to let you quit totally. He says in verse 33, here's Peter's response. He said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both into prison and to death. There's you a fighting man. The devil's looking for me. Bring it on. Bring it on. Lord, I'm ready for anything. I'll go to prison. I'll die for you. No problem. Verse 34, and he said, I tell thee, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before that thou shalt thrice deny that thou knowest me. Peter, that, that rooster is going to go off three times. Or, I'm sorry, you'll deny me three times before that rooster goes off once. Now, do you think Peter believed that? Not at that time. Now, some of you, maybe you're here this morning and you haven't been in the boxing ring long enough to get a good whooping. Maybe life hasn't thumped you hard enough. And I, I can only say to you that just keep living. Eventually that day will come when you feel like throwing in the towel. I think you know how the story continues. They come to the garden. They arrest Jesus. In the process of this, Peter, backing up his words of verse 33, I'm ready. Bring it on. The soldiers come out to take Jesus. When they do, Peter pulls out his sword. And he says, all right. Here's that fight I was looking for. But you, now, do you know what Peter has seen? He's not seen soldiers. He's seen Satan coming to sift him. Coming to test him. He says, you want to test me, devil? You want to see how devoted I am to Christ? Watch this. Fa, fa, fa. It would have been Star Wars, you know. Vroom. And the Bible says that Peter cut off the ear of one of the servants. His name was Malchus. Now guys, if Malchus is a trained soldier, right? He's a trained soldier. If somebody is swinging a sword, and I seriously doubt Peter came with a sword, hi-ya! That's something three-year-olds do with swords, right? Hi, yeah, we don't do that. Peter, he, he knows how to take the man out. You come, you come at an angle. He's looking, he's looking to cut off somebody's head. And Malchus, I'm guessing, ducked because it says it took off his ear. Well, had he been standing upright and took off the ear, that the, the sword would have carried down into the neck and hit the jugular and he's done. He would have killed the guy. To take off the ear, Peter's coming like this at an angle. Malchus ducks and it just takes the ear. Man, Peter's out for blood. 
Well, he takes off the ear, and you know what Jesus does? He steps in and stops that fight and says, uh, Peter, stop it. Now, now that's where it all went wrong. That's where Peter expected to be commended by the Lord. Peter was fully expecting the Lord to say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You fought with me to the end. That's not what he heard. He thought he was doing right. He was trying. He was making a genuine effort to serve the Lord. But that's not what the Lord wanted him to do. He says, Peter, put your sword back into the sheath. Those that live by the sword die by the sword. And he picked the ear up off the ground, put it back on Malchus's head. And I'm sure that got everybody's attention. I mean, there's the ear there and popped it back on. Yeah. <laughs> you know, make sure it sticks. <laughs> Fixed. It was at that point, now people say that Peter got angry at the Lord. Or, I'm sorry, not, not, but what people say is that he got afraid because of the other soldiers and that's why Peter ran off along with the rest of the disciples. Remember the soldiers came and, and Peter tried to fight but then eventually all the disciples flee and they say that they fleed because of fear. And that later on when they asked Peter, do you know this man? And Peter denied and said, no, no, I don't know him. They say it was because of fear. Well, they might have run off initially because of a fear of, uh, of a sword fight, but, but Peter? Do you think Peter was afraid? Nothing about Peter's attitude, behavior, or his words says that he was afraid. We catch up with Peter in verse 54. Then they took, um, they took him, that's being Jesus, and led him and brought him into the high priest's house, and Peter followed afar off. So by this point, all the disciples had run away from the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus has been arrested. He's standing before the high priest. It is, it's about 3 o'clock in the morning. It's a mock trial, kangaroo court, if you will. And they're asking Jesus questions, accusing him of blasphemy. They have blindfolded him and they're smacking Jesus in the face, making fun of him. But Peter's outside, afar off. So he sees it happening. He, he's still interested in what's going on with Jesus, but you can tell he's frustrated. He's not jumping in there to stop it. He says in verse 55, And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat down among them. That's out there with the worldly crowd, not with the disciples. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, this man was also with him. Now, let me illustrate it like this. Sean, you're going to get your exercise this morning. Hey? Peter, he had thrown in the towel. He's gone. He's outside. And now this young lady, and, and he's hanging out with the wrong crowd, yes? So now this young lady, sorry, you're not a young lady. No, no, just, just no, 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 let's do it right. Just walk it up here. That, that young lady... This, this guy's brutal, eh? He's, he's going to put my eye out. This young lady comes and hands Peter the towel and says, you look like one of his disciples. You look like one of those guys that will fight for him. 
fighting the good fight of faith. Aren't you one of his? Verse number 56, and he denied him, saying, woman, I know him not. Sean, look up. And Peter throws in the towel. He quit. Verse 58, and after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also of them. Sean, go on back up. <laughs> Somebody else brought him the towel and said, Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're one of those guys. You're, you're one of those disciples. We know you. But Peter said, Man, I am not. And he quit again. Peter wants to quit. Now I'm going to say he's, he's, he's answering this way not because he's afraid of what they'll do to him as a follower of Christ. Rather, he's frustrated because he thought he was doing something right and yet Jesus rebuked him and said, put away the sword and let it happen. You know why a lot of people get frustrated with Christianity? They think they're doing it right and yet the reaction they get from the Lord isn't what they're expecting. They expect it to be rewarded. Instead, they get rebuked. And they say, I don't get it. I don't know this God. But wait, you've been serving Him for years. No. But you said you know Christ. No. Verse number 59, and about the space of one hour after another, confidently affirmed, saying, of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. So, Sean, one more time. Somebody comes and hands him the towel again. Peter just can't quit. You're a disciple. No, I'm not. You're a disciple. No, I'm not. No, we're pretty confident. You're a disciple. And this time, I'm not going to fill in all the blanks. But Peter made clear that he wasn't. Verse 60, Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And it says in other places that he began to curse. So Peter said, Blankety blank, I quit. I am not one of his disciples. You ever had a day like that? Where you said, That's it. That's enough. I'm done with religion, I'm done with God, I'm done with Christianity. I tried it, it didn't work, I quit. You ever been there? I'm usually there on Sunday night. Because after a Sunday, I was hoping to see God do great things in the service. And if, if I don't see those great things, I get home Sunday and I say, well... God, either I messed up or you messed up. Whatever the case is, I'm not cut out for this anymore. Sunday, pretty much every Sunday night, I quit. I throw in the towel, and then Monday morning, God says, here's that towel. <laughs> and I'm, I'm back in the ministry come Monday morning. <laughs> Verse number 60, it says, Peter said, Man, I know not what thou sayest. And immediately, while he yet spake, the cock crew. Oh, man, talk about bad timing. I quit. Cock-a-doodle-doo. And when he heard that, it all sprung to mind. Verse 61, the Lord turned and looked upon Peter. Boy, isn't that something? Peter's outside in the hallway watching Jesus get slapped in the face. His beard is being ripped out. 
And by this time, of course, the blindfold is off. Jesus is tied up. And while the high priest and the soldiers are mocking Jesus, when Jesus hears the rooster crow, he takes time to look outside at Peter. I just think for a moment how the eyes of Jesus must have pierced down to the soul of Peter. He looks out there at him. And he says, you, you don't know me? But, you know, with his eyes. Just, you don't know me? And Peter, when, he, when, he, when his eyes lock with Jesus' eyes, it all comes back to his mind. The rooster's crowing. Jesus is looking at him. And it says, in verse 61, Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. I, I wonder if Peter got out to the, to the garden. I don't know where he went to pray. I've always thought he went back to the garden of Gethsemane. But maybe he went somewhere else. But I wonder if he got out there and he said, you know, I've spent the last three and a half years walking with Jesus and it only took me three and a half hours to quit on him. I wonder if Peter said, I said in my haste that I'm cut off from his sight. Maybe I just didn't understand fully what the Lord was doing and I got a little hostage. I got... I made a hasty decision in my spirit. I was just, I just had a bad day. Here's the beauty of this story. Peter threw in the towel three times. Come to John chapter 21. Peter has run off and he wept bitterly. Did you know later that Later in the story, three days later, we, we read about Peter being in the upper room with the disciples. Listen to this. He had quit on the Lord, but he kept going to church. Isn't that something? He was down, he was out, he was frustrated, but he continued to meet with the disciples. Even though everything in his heart wasn't right yet. He kept meeting with them. And about two weeks later, we have this story in John 21. Jesus has prepared fish on the shore. This is the first men's breakfast that we read about in the New Testament. He, it was early that morning and Jesus made breakfast and He invited them, come and dine. In verse 14, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. So he had breakfast with the men. Men's breakfast. And after the breakfast, all these men sitting there, Jesus turns to the quitter. He turns to the one who had thrown in the towel. Verse 15, so when he had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, Lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my lambs. You know what I see here? Jesus is extending that towel back to him. Peter, you love me? You know I love you. 
Verse 16, he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, Feed my sheep. Now I'm going to plug in my own human experience here. If I'm Peter, I'm not reaching out to take that towel because I don't feel worthy. Lord, I love you, but I let you down. Lord, I do love you, but I'm not a good enough Christian to serve you. Lord, I love you, but I have so many problems and frustrations and, and, and so I have so many issues. I'm not good enough to serve you. Keep the towel, Lord. In verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? He said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. You know what he says to the guy who threw in the towel over and over and over again? I want to use you. He said, but brother Mike, I've quit. I got angry, I got frustrated, I threw in the towel, and he can still use you. In verse 18, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. So Peter, you had complete control to go wherever you wanted to go. And uh, he says, but when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. He says, you're going to end your life in imprisonment. You're going to be in chains and shackles and someone else telling you where to go. Verse 19, this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. Peter did end up his life in chains. He was eventually crucified upside down. They wanted to crucify him in, in, a, in a way to mock him so that he would die like his, like his Messiah. He said, I'm not worthy of that. Crucify me upside down. So they did. It says at the end of verse 19, and when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. So Jesus says, Peter, it's not going to be easy. Following me, serving me, feeding the sheep, it's going to be costly. But I'm extending you the towel if you would like to spend the rest of your life in a manner that glorifies God. Then Peter, I'm giving you another chance. Follow me. Peter denied the Lord three times. Three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? Three times Peter said, you know I love you. Did you know that this is the third time that Jesus said to Peter, follow me? Third time. He said it in Matthew 4, follow me. And Peter did for a little while, but he quit and went back to fishing. In Luke 5, he launches out into the deep. They catch this great draft of fishes and Peter says, depart from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And there it says, Jesus, follow me. He took him back. And this is now the third time that he says to the quitter, follow me. I can still use you. Maybe you just had a bad day, bad week, said that's it. I'm done. 
But, Sean, if you don't mind helping me one more time, Jesus extends the offer, says you can take your towel back. You still need to fight the good fight of faith. You don't need to quit yet. Even though David, in his haste, said, that's enough, I'm done. God winked at it. said, bless your heart, I know you're saying that because you're having a bad day. But I know deep down, you love me. And therefore, I'll still use you. Now, I don't know about you, but I've had plenty of bad days. Plenty of times where I know I've failed the Lord. What a precious thought it is to know when I give up, He doesn't. The only reason I can't quit is because He keeps extending me mercy and grace and saying, I'll give you another chance. He keeps bringing the towel back. Friend, this morning, if you have thrown in the towel, I hope you take up Jesus on His offer and says, listen, I can still use you. Just take the towel back and get busy for me. Let's all stand, if you would, please. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Heads bowed, eyes closed, just for a few moments. Have some music play softly. Yesterday afternoon, I was sitting on the side of my bed in a, in a pile of tears. And I looked at Christina and I said, Honey, I don't think I can go on. I think God's done with me. It feels like my recovery is going the wrong direction. And I don't know what God's doing. And I told her I feel like quitting. I woke up this morning, opened up my Bible, and I read Psalm 31. That's where I was in my Bible reading. And it spoke directly to my heart. God said, Mike, you just had a bad day. I know you love me. Now you keep on serving me. I'm not done with you yet. I get weak. I get tired. I get frustrated with myself. I'm so glad God doesn't hold it against me. But rather, as a wonderful father, he pities his children. He chooses rather to comfort instead of condemn. 
there's a few people praying. Maybe if you'd like to take a moment of prayer as well. Life can do this to you sometimes. It can be debt. It can be a divorce. It can be a death in the family. It can any sort of distress. It can be a disease. It weighs so heavy on you. That in the moment, in the moment, you don't see a way out. It feels hopeless. So you throw in the towel. God understands that. He graciously hands the towel back to you. The great referee of life. He can choose to overrule your desire to quit. And say, no, no, no. Keep fighting. Father, I, I want to thank you for your incredible long-suffering nature. Thank you, Lord, that when we quit, you don't. Thank you for handing the towel back. Thank you for knowing us better than we know ourselves. And I want to ask that, God, you, you would please encourage and strengthen those that are here this morning maybe this week they've thrown in the towel multiple times Lord please wrap your arms around them stand them back up get them back on their feet help them to glorify you Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. And please, Lord, bring us back tonight. We'd, we'd like to hear more from you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.